Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of Defenders of the Bank, the podcast of the people. And that's right, sitting to my left is Christian Philly Philemon. Philly in the house. That's right. Philly in the house. And of course, it's me, J.R. Liebert, the scarf. And it is so good to talk to you all after an incredible birthday celebration at LAFC HQ yesterday. And then, of course, afterwards at Free Play LA. Little uh, plug for Christian's favorite drink to give me. Yeah, Julius Peppers was served. And it's not really my favorite drink to give you. It's just revenge because it was your favorite drink to serve me one evening that absolutely knocked me out. So that was that was my revenge. Yeah, we had a, we had a good time up at Free Play LA afterwards, but I, I was still in bed by about 11, 11.30. I did have to teach children this morning, so had to get in bed a little bit earlier than I would have liked and not my normal birthday celebration. But what was incredible about it, of course, was the Scarf Launch event, and we will talk about that quite a bit later on the podcast. A quick rundown as to what we're going to go over here on episode 13. First, the long-awaited return of the wait what What? segment. That's right. It's been missing from the last few episodes, but she'll be back on today's episode. We'll, of course, cover the this day in LAFC history along with our birthdays, and then we'll talk about the RSL game. Of course, we've got the big game on the 23rd this coming Saturday. Unfortunately, of course, I'll be missing. I'll be taking a bunch of kids to Peru. I know, really rough uh, reason to have to miss. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, don't feel bad for me. Good luck chasing them around Machu Picchu. 17 middle school students along with a couple of other chaperones. It's going to be a lot of fun in Peru. Bring a flask. But (laughs) I wish I could. I'd get in lots of trouble for that. But on the 23rd, of course, ooh, pizza's here. Yeah, the pizza's here. Clearly, I forgot to turn off my ring motion detector. And you know what? That's funny. We might as well just leave that in the pod. Domino's at your door. That's right. On the 23rd, of course, playing Real Salt Lake. We have a lot to talk about in the revenge match against Real Salt Lake. I believe it's Bone Storm on Instagram that has that really cool revenge Homer Simpson sheet that we were talking about. So there's a little shout out for you out there. I absolutely love that. So after we talk about RSL, we'll talk a little bit of international soccer news regarding our LAFC teammates being called into various international teams. So that International be a lot of fun. duty. Yeah, That's, I said duty. You said duty. <laughs> And that'll about round out our short and sweet podcast. Got a little bit of fun news about episode 14 happening right at the end as well. So that'll be great. But let's get right into it. Philly, who are our famous birthdays on today, March 21st, 2019? Oh, yeah. March 21st, 2019. So happy 38th birthday to arguably one of the greatest players of all time, Ronaldinho. Yes, Brazilian international superstar Ronaldinho turns 38 today. In addition to Ronaldinho, we have Antoine Griezmann, 27 years old today. Atletico Madrid player. He also has a World Cup win with with France. And he did mentioned earlier in the season or earlier a couple of months ago that who knows maybe he would join LAFC or Miami or whoever but it seems like he's going to be ending up in the MLS at some point so yes happy 27th birthday to Antoine Griezmann Ronaldo made you look so bad again and your team but that's a whole nother story happy 33rd birthday I can't believe he's 33 today scarf Adrian Peterson all day with all the time he spent in the league, I feel as if he got drafted the same exact year as Drew Brees. I can't believe he's only 33. But I guess in running back years, 33 really makes you 63. So happy 33rd to AP. And here's one of my favorites. And I know 
Boozology, Jonathan Reamer out there is going to appreciate this. Lothar Mateus, the captain of the 1990 Die Mannschaft team in Bayern Munich and Borussia München Gladbach legend. Lothar Mateus turns 57 years old today. And wow, I can't believe he's 57. He was a very integral part as to how and why I got into the game of soccer. That 1990 World Cup basically changed my life. If it wasn't for that 1990 World Cup and that team that consisted of other legends such as Jurgen Klinsmann, I may have not been here entertaining you all here on this March 21st. Now, one birthday and one individual I just want to talk about really, really quickly. For those of you who don't know, unless you really do follow England's soccer divisions or football, I called it foot soccer. I can't believe I did. That's I yelled my at you. job. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm slipping in my old age, but Brian Clough would have been 83 years old today. He's a really important person to know if you enjoy the history of the sport as much as I do. Now, he was a player and a manager. Played for two teams the majority of his career. He played at Middlesbrough and Sunderland, which are both teams that ended up in the Premier League. Played 213 games for Middlesbrough, 61 for Sunderland. But here's the interesting fact about him as a player. In the 274 games that he played in, he scored 251 goals. Yes, 251 goals That's in 274 goals. games. Incredible. One of the most prolific scores in the history of the English division. That probably could have been a conversion rate that had been even higher, but unfortunately he tore his knee up, ACL injury, at the age of 29. But his career and his legend does not end there. Together with his longtime assistant, Peter Taylor, they took a team, Derby County, from the second division of the English Football Leagues to a English First League Championship within three years. Even with Derby County, he reached the finals of the European Cup in the, se- the semifinals of the European Cup. You ever heard of Derby County? No. Probably not, but I'll tell you this. There is a legendary former Chelsea player, that is currently coaching Derby County, Frank Lampard. So you might want to... Yeah, that's from the NYCFC days. Absolutely. Correct. So you might want to pay attention to him. But here's a lot, last interesting thing about Brian Clough. Now, at Derby County, he took them from being in the second flight to the top flight, won a championship within a matter of a couple of years. Went on to coach at Brighton, Hoven, Albion, and then had a short stint at Leeds United, which was very controversial. Got himself sacked within 44 days. He hated that club, and he hated the managers, and he hated the players. So it's no surprise. But he went over the Nottingham Forest shortly thereafter that, and then... Nottingham Forest. Wasn't that like in one of the Pixar movies or something like that? Well, if you remember the legend of Robin Hood, Brian Clough was your modern-day sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> you, you, you like that, huh? Oh. Yeah, we're men in tights. No, not that one, but anyway. Manly men. He, that was Rottingham, actually. But yeah, he went on to manage Nottingham Forest, and he helped them win the club's first league title within a couple of years of him becoming a manager. He is only one of four managers at that time period, and I assume still to this day, who won the top flight league title for England with two separate clubs. So I think that is an impressive resume. Not only as a player was he an amazing individual, he was an amazing manager as well. And typically, you're either a really, really unbelievable player and a lousy manager or vice versa. And what I'm talking about is Michael Jordan and then Joe Torre being the opposite. Zinedine Zidane. Okay. Yes, but we're talking about England, mate. England. (laughs) 
But Wait, yes, Michael Jordan played for England. <laughs> I was just using him as an example as a great player going on to be a terrible manager. And then Joe Torre being a mediocre baseball player and turning out to be a legendary manager. Yes, yes, he had a lot of great players, but still we're not. This isn't a baseball podcast. But yeah, I wanted to highlight Brian Clough because he had a fascinating, fascinating career. Unfortunately, he drank himself to death, literally had a liver transplant. Passed away shortly after that. But yes, this would have been his 83rd birthday. Happy birthday, Brian Clough. And then I got one more before Scarfy goes on his little rant. Shout out to Misfits frontman. He took over for Danzig, Michael Graves. Turns 43 years old today. The reason why I'm highlighting this is because here's a little fact for you. Philly, before he sold out when corporate, was actually in a rock band. Woo! In a rock band, that's how I was making a living, maybe like squeaking out a living and <laughs> living with somebody else. But I was in a rock band, and I got to play with Misfits' Michael Graves. It was really, really cool. Dig Up Her Bones was a song he wrote that made him the legend that he is today. But yes, happy 43rd birthday. I'm out of breath. I need to take a sip of water. Scarf, who's on your birthday list? Yeah, so I was trying to segue from Michael Jordan to our next birthday person there because they were both in Space Jam together. That's right. Happy birthday to seven foot six center Sean Bradley, the storm and Mormon born in 1972. First for all of you Dodger fans out there, a lot of people know him as Pedro's brother, but we know him as a staple of our rotation here in Dodgerland for years Happy birthday, 1968, Ramon Martinez. That's right, Pedro's brother Ramon, again, a Dodger legend. I remember going to Dodger games and seeing Ramon pitch year after year after year. I have some LAPD Dare Dodger baseball cards with Ramon Martinez on them. So, again, a big staple in L.A. sports history. And then, of course, you know how I bring the nerds, so here we go. Happy birthday, 1923, to Marcel Marceau. Why do I mention Marcel Marceau? He's the world's most famous mime. I'm still wondering why you mention him. I'm just going to let that sit there for a minute. And then we've got two others, but they're very related. Happy birthday, 1931, William Shatner. Ooh, that's right. Line negotiator. Fight club. If I could fight anybody, I'd fight William Shatner. Well, it's his birthday in 1931, but here's why I bring the nerd. It's also in the year 2233, the birthday of Captain James Tiberius Kirk, of course, played by William Shatner. So there you go. That's the nerdy birthdays <laughs> that the scarf brings for you today. We've got one more birthday tomorrow. Philly, who's our, who's our big birthday tomorrow? Happy birthday to new LAFC signee Alejandro Guido. Yes, he was playing in Tijuana. He is on the LAFC roster. Happy birthday to him, and we will post about that at 11.59 and 59 seconds here on March 21st, leading into March 22nd. That's right. Alejandro Guido. And that leads perfectly, of course, into this day (laughs) in LAFC history. This, of course, our newest and best segment that we have here this day in LAFC history. Of course, today, March 21st, this was a big one, in 2018, Acquired from FC Dallas for $50,000 in general allocation money and a fourth round pick in the 2019 MLS Super Draft. One of our favorite players, both on and off the pitch, Shaft Brewer Jr., acquired by LAFC one year ago today. So that is your this date in LAFC history today, March 21st, but last year, 2018, LAFC acquires Shaft Brewer Jr. from FC Dallas. 
All right, so we've harped enough about the birthdays. We squeezed that out a little bit because lately we've been getting a lot of people saying, hey, you know what, guys? I love the podcast. You guys are great, but we get stuck in traffic a lot in LA. If you can make it a little longer, it'd be fantastic. Now, this is still going to be a short episode because we don't really do match previews. We typically like to do post-game stuff, but yeah, we're just trying to squeeze it out for you to make it more entertaining. So now, let's get into things. And the first topic that we're going to discuss today is the preview against Real Salt Lake. Now, one thing that I've always been taught is you never want to deal with a wounded animal that's backed into a corner. Because they are at their most vulnerable. However, this wounded animal, and that being Real Salt Lake, got its rear handed to him by Wayne Rooney and DC United last week. Five to nil. Now you'd think that would piss them off to the point where they were coming to Bank of California Stadium and attack. But no, this animal's not only coming in wounded, it's coming in depleted. And what do I mean by depleted, Scarf? Well, they're going to be missing a lot of players. There's a couple of players missing because they were on the naughty list that last game and received red cards. <laughs> Marcelo Silva out <laughs> with a red list. and Jefferson Savarino, who's one of their best young talents. Both of those players out with a red. So no Marcelo Silva, no Jefferson Savarino. And just like we'll talk about in a minute with LAFC having a bunch of international call-ups, Real Salt Lake has a few of their own. Sam Johnson called into the Liberian national team. Corey Baird, of course, to the U.S. men's national team. Julian Vasquez with the under-18 Mexican national team. But I think their biggest loss, obviously, is a kid who is great on the offensive end and really one of their starters for that team that really makes the team move in the right direction. That's Albert Rusnak. He's currently on the Slovakia national team, called in there for a couple of games that they have. We're talking about six guys who would normally make the 18 for Real Salt Lake missing. So it's going to be interesting. Not only have they kind of hit a rough patch, of course, you know, you had talked about losing 5 nothing behind a hat trick there for Wayne Rooney, his first hat trick in the MLS in their last game. Waza. But you know what? They're also coming in facing an LAFC team that clearly has not forgotten about what happened last season, as we've already seen with sporting as we've already seen with Portland, and now we get to cross off another on the not defend the bank list, but of course the avenge avenge the the bank bank list. That is right. So we're ready. It was 3-2, a shocking result last year. Of course, we beat them 5-1 and I believe 2-0 during the regular season last year. 7-1 was the aggregate in those two games, and then to lose 3-2, There's going to be one player that will be on all of our watch lists coming up. Who is that player, Philly? Demir Kralock. And if you don't remember, and if you are an LAFC fan this season, Demir Kralock is the individual who scored two goals against us in that playoff loss. He is the one player that we definitely need to be made aware of. He has these karate-style kicks that he likes to punch in the back of the net, but I know our boys are going to be out there knocking him down. I am going to boo at the top of my lungs to the point where they will hear me in center pitch all the way up at the end of Founders Club booing the hell out of this guy because he spoiled our playoff run, our magical, magical season, and thwarted, thwarted our flight to Seattle because we were supposed to go there to play the Sounders, and Craylock screwed that up. I will never forgive you for that. I am going to boo the ever-living hell out of you. 
but he's not the only player that we have to watch out for. Scarf, who else is on the pitch that LAFC needs to be concerned with? Tate Schmidt is one of those other guys on Real Salt Lake that we really need to watch out for. And one of the other things that you know usually gets forgotten in times like this is Nick Ramondo, of course, the all-time wins leader in Major League Soccer. If you look at him, he's not going to win any fitness contests for goalies, <laughs> but he has no problem stopping a lot of shots. I wouldn't win any fitness contests for the goalies either. <laughs> Would you call him the butter bean of the MLS? I mean, he's not quite as pudgy, but let me let me put it this way. He's definitely not hitting the gym quite as hard as he used to early in his career. But you know what? He is an MLS legend, the all-time leading winner of goalies in MLS history. So between Tate Schmidt and Nick Ramondo, like you said, look, you still can't take the team for granted. There are a bunch of guys out there that are getting paid money to play soccer. These are professionals. And... Look, being down six guys out of your normal 18 means that there are going to be six more guys that are going to get the chance to step up that don't normally get a chance to. So you're looking at guys that are not only playing for more minutes or playing for contracts, but it could be their only shot they get during the course of the year. So, look, don't take Real Salt Lake for granted, but I think you and I have similar predictions on this one. I know I'm a little less bold than you are. I think it's going to be a 2-1 LAFC victory with us scoring two really quickly and then unfortunately giving up another goal after the 80th. So that's that's my prediction in this game. What do you think, Philly? I'm calling 4-0. Sorry. I mean, I think they are far too depleted. Yes, we have a couple of players that are off on international duty. There's that word again. Duty. International duty. I mean, we got Mark Anthony Kay, who's going to be representing Canada. Christian Ramirez representing the U.S. and they did play against Ecuador today. Peter Lee Vassell, back to the Jamaican national team. Mohamed Al-Manir representing Libya, and shout out to Josh Perez, the under-23 U.S. men's national team. And as of right now, we still got a couple of players that are questionable. I was trying to scour the worldwide web for uh, information in regards to some of our injuries. We don't know if Beta Shore is going to be fully out of his concussion protocol. We don't know if Lee wins. Hamstring is okay. And the new game that we're playing these days, instead of where in the world is Carmen San Diego, is where <laughs> in the world is Vito Zelaya. Apparently, he popped up on our injury report in the last game. He injured his right soleus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but what I can tell you is that this muscle connects the bottom of the knee to the heel. The injury normally results out of strenuous exercise or improper body alignment. And I don't know how in shape Fito has been. I saw the pictures of him in his playing days versus the pictures of him wearing the LAFC jacket. Maybe it's improper body alignment, but... I can't wait to see him on the pitch. I know there's a lot of our fans out there that are dying to see him. So there's still questions about that. But despite that situation, I still think we're a much deeper team than Real Salt Lake. And I'm still predicting a 4-0 victory with Tyler Miller getting the clean sheet. But here's a thought. I love the Karate Kid. Scarf, did you ever see the Cobra Kai show on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. I just saw a trailer for it uh, for the second season earlier today. And there's one scene where they're in the dojo, in the Cobra Kai dojo. And Mr. Lawrence asks his students, what's more badass? Two cobras in the jungle. One kills the lion, the king of the jungle. And the other cobra kills a crippled monkey. Which one is more badass? And obviously the result is the lion because he's the stronger of the animals. Now we're playing Real Salt Lake. I fully expect that we take out three points from this game. However, I still would really like for them to be at full strength for us to beat them, deplete them 5-0 the same way DC United did. That is my thoughts on the current situation. So let me get this straight. You're comparing Real Salt Lake to the crippled monkey. 
Yeah, absolutely. Between the two guys that are on the uh, what did you call it? The the bad boy list. No, the, the, the naughty list. The naughty list. The bad boy list. I don't even know what the heck that is. That was a movie with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Ah, yes. They're they're coming out with a third one, if I'm not mistaken. That's what they say. Hey, that that is what they say. But yeah, between that and of course the other players that are, are on international duty, a lot of these guys are starters. So they're bringing up guys that don't have the experience. Real Salt Lake is starting their season very similar to how they did it last season. But I fully expect for us to pull three points out of this game. No question. Tyler Miller gets the clean sheet. We destroy, demoralize, and avenge the bank on Saturday. You know, I am interested to see what happens, though, if we don't have Lee Wynn out there. When you were singing the Where in the World is Fito Zelaya song, I was thinking... Where in the world has Andre Horta been? I know he's been hurt, but will this be the game where we see Andre Horta, especially if Lee Wynn doesn't make it back? I have to tell you, one of my takeaways from the NYCFC game is especially on a pitch, and by the way, that pitch was a joke at Yankee Stadium, but especially on a pitch that's... not that Bermuda grass at LAFC. absolutely not. Actually, I believe it is latitude 36 Bermuda grass to be specific. Remember, our grass on the pitch at LAFC, the only grass in Major League Soccer with its own website. So don't forget, latitude 36 Bermuda grass. But what I'm really interested in is we missed the crisp passing in short spaces that we usually get from Lee Wynn. So if Lee can't get out there, if Andre Horta can replicate that, let's say if Andre's not healthy enough, though, to get out there as well. If we're down Lee Wynn, Andre Horta, and Mark Anthony Kay in the midfield, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we respond to that. That could be something that's pretty tough for us. You know, we will probably start Dio, maybe Blessing. I'm hoping, obviously, that Stephen Betashore is back and clears concussion protocol, but neither you nor I have heard from anything both on the internet or from any of our LAFC resources we have. So it's going to be really interesting to see how LAFC is able to move that ball around. I have a feeling that Real Salt Lake is going to bunker, especially if they give up one goal and try to play for the tie. Of course, this is a road game for them, so you always try to play for the tie on the road, especially if you're a depleted team like Real Salt Lake. Of course, LAFC, we've been going for the jugular if we can and trying to get three points no matter if we're home or away. But I think a depleted team here like RSL, you know, we've really been missing Lee Wynn. So I I can see that as being one of the the key points of us not putting up four or five goals like we absolutely should against this team. Yeah, I mean, Lee Wynn is one of those guys in the midfield that is the straw that stirs. What do you call it? Is it coffee? Is it no, the straw that stirs the drink. The straw. Right. Okay, then any drink. Okay, so we're leaving that up that's, to... Uh, that's a Daryl Strawberry reference for all of you that are, are wondering out there. Well, in Daryl Strawberry's case, there was a lot more that that straw was stirring. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor 86 oh, I love Daryl. I love Daryl. That's the situation that we have. Assuming that we're probably going to continue to start out in a 4-3-3 formation, maybe Dio starts... Maybe Blessing starts. Maybe they both start. We won't really know until we start getting some of those injury updates. But what I can tell you is from an inside source is that LAFC definitely is going to take this game seriously. They are going to play with a chip on their shoulder, and they didn't forget how Real Salt Lake ended our magical season. So, yeah, I said it twice. I'm going to say because third time's a charm. We are going to have a massacre of Real Salt Lake. Tyler Miller's going to get a clean sheet. Carlos Vela's going to get another goal in the books, and we're going to kill them. For nothing. That's what I'm calling. All right. Well, now that we've gone over our game preview, it's time to bring back a segment that we've had many of our soccer fans out there waiting for. Wait, can I shout out to who asked for it back? Absolutely. Boozology. District 9's very own 
Jonathan Reamer. He mentioned this to me earlier today. Shout out to him and to Mandy. And Jonathan Boozology is actually doing something pretty cool. He's taken over for Shoulder to Shoulder. He's co-hosting that show with our friends over there. Go ahead and give it a listen. They just released an episode today. Talks about his story. Talks about him and Mandy. It's a very, very heartwarming tale. He's going to do great with those guys. He's going to be basically the third guy in Shoulder to Shoulder. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous because I love the guy. I love his story. I love his presence and his soccer knowledge. And I'm going to be a little biased and say, hey, we're both Demonshaft supporters. So he's the one who recommended that we bring back the wait what segment so scarfy that's right and a quick shout out again to mandy you mentioned her just a second but thank you so much for coming out i know it's definitely a little bit of a chore right now but i really appreciated her coming out to the scarf launch but more on that in a second but now it's time for the return of the wait what segment and i've got one for sure you know they they call me the scarf and as you might know i have a few lafc scarves one or two yeah but there was one that was just released by Fanatics. And now, to be clear, I have all the love in the world for Fanatics because they've produced some wonderful scarves. But there was a scarf that was just released on the MLS Store website, on Fanatics, on Fans Edge, on everywhere where Fanatics releases things like this. It's called the Americana Scarf. If you wouldn't mind checking out, just go Google right now while you're listening to us. You can you know, switch over and Google... The Americana Scarf, and it's a series of scarves that they produce for the different MLS teams. And you'll find that, for instance, the Philadelphia Union have one, the New York Red Bulls have one. There's even Canadian versions. I doubt they're called the Americana Scarves, but I saw them for Montreal and Vancouver. There's the LAFC branded Americana Scarf. And by the way, as I'm sitting here, my co-host to my left is indeed Googling that same image, the LAFC Americana Scarf. It's not very nice. No, there is something that sticks out to me about the Americana scarf on the left-hand side of the, I believe it's the back. It says MLS on one side and the initials LSC on the other side. So if you see the left side of the scarf, and I put this out there on Reddit and Discord and talked about it with a couple of other LAFC fans, I'm pretty sure that Fanatics messed up And it's supposed to stand for Los Angeles Soccer Club, LSC. Yuck. Yeah, and as I looked at that, I have to be honest, I said, wait, what? What? Because, okay, first of all, I'm the scarf, so they produced the scarf. So I bought the scarf. I ordered the scarf. It came. Los Angeles Soccer Club? Fanatics. Come on. But I can't be too upset at Fanatics or LAFC headquarters or anybody related to producing scarves because the next thing that we're going to talk about was the coolest birthday party that anybody could have ever thrown a young or aging scarf. <laughs> uh, it was the incredible scarf launch event, of course, yesterday at 7.30 p.m. for my birthday and for the launch of the Golasso scarf. And if you've seen it online, it looked way better in person. Of course, the first time I saw it in person was yesterday when they opened the doors at 7.30 for the scarf launch party. And, you know, I have to be honest, we were hanging out up at Free Play LA beforehand, and Ben came over and he was like, dude, you have to look outside. There's a line for your scarf. And I go, wait, what are you talking about? There's a line for my scarf. And so we looked out from the second story window of Free Play LA, and I couldn't see the front door But I could see from where we were, maybe 30, 40 people lined up. And by the time they opened up the doors at 730, 
I was completely humbled by what I saw out there. The incredible line that had shown up of LAFC friends and family that were all there trying to get the scarf. You know, it, it was it was an awe-inspiring party that we had down in LAFC HQ. Of course, they, they let me talk for a little bit. And if you haven't seen the video that LAFC released, I do want to mention something that this scarf was done to be able to start raising the awareness for pediatric cancer, children's cancer research. MLS does such an amazing job every year as part of their Kick Childhood Cancer Initiative. And of course, last year's initiative was if you just took a picture and posted it on Instagram with the hashtag scarves up and kick childhood cancer that they would donate $5 to pediatric cancer research. I believe it's to a, maybe a pediatric oncology unit. I forget what the exact charity was last year. It may change this year, but to be able to donate $5 for taking a picture seems like the easiest thing in the world to me. Well, look, when you have 70 scarves or so that I'm at, I can take 70 pictures and donate $350. So why not be able to do something like that? Well, now at least 144 people plus the 48 that they held for me. So we're looking at about 200 people who came out to the scarf launch that were able to get the scarf there. They're going to have another reason to post this year on Instagram with the hashtag scarves up and kick childhood cancer. But other than that, look, there was an event that made my mother cry. So anytime that I can do that for a good reason, my mom and dad came out and it was so cool to be able to include them in the moment. And of course, you know, my girlfriend, her parents, Philly, you and Amanda were there, which is absolutely amazing. And, and a lot of our LAFC friends and family, shout out to Adrian and to Amy and I mean, of course, to Brittany and everybody else that showed up, George, who else am I forgetting that showed Nick, up? Nick, who actually drove three hours for this event. Dude, from Visalia, California, this guy drove down for the scarf launch. He hung out with us a little bit after at Free Play 2. Gaston, who showed up out there. A lot of our friends and family. Of course, Jonathan and Mandy wound up making it out. And, and as I've mentioned before. Mike, who sits next to me. That's right. Mike, who sits next to you. George, who pulled the very last scarf off the wall. It's my boy, George Salome. He, he made me feel as awkward as possible, by the way, afterwards when he asked me to sign it. That was literally the first time in my life. Oh, dude, you're an international, world-renowned scarf designer. I, I don't even have your signature. I, I want it on my Galazzo scarf. I don't know about that but George definitely made it as awkward as possible when he asked me to sign it and and I have to say Angel LAFC soccer head oh this was the game changer right here okay look it was a big deal when he was being interviewed by LZ Granderson for ESPN and a lot of things they were doing where on his what is that his right cheek he had the logo of Defenders of the Bank I mean that was a huge deal for us a couple of weeks ago we we thought that was the coolest thing he had my face on his head, not once, but I believe twice. <laughs> he had both sides of the scarf there on the side of his head. He said, happy birthday to me. He had the sunglasses, it, well, the shades he, that said scarf that said on scarf him. On and it. these like neon disco lights. I never saw anything like that. Coolest party favor ever. It was, I mean, the. <laughs> I, I sit here and I'm honestly like, I'm still like giddy. I'm like blushing about the whole thing. The amount of love and support that the LAFC family showed, but to have people like Angel and Rich, I mean, these are legends of the club that came out to support. And of course, again, I've said it over and over and over again, but I will never feel like I've thanked them enough. A huge thank you to Jeff, Alex, Ben, our videographer, Lauren, just so many people 
who came together to make that event happen. It was as special of a birthday as I have ever, ever, ever had. And again, thank you to all of our LAFC friends and family that came out. They have sold out as of right now. Again, they didn't make uh, more than 200 of them or so. So it was a, a very limited run. And I'm bummed. I, I mean, look, as you said before, boohoo, I'm leaving for Peru on Saturday. So it's not like I'm not doing something incredibly special and fun by taking middle schoolers to Peru on a service trip. But I didn't go to a middle school that takes me to Peru. That's pretty cool. I'll tell you, it's, it's an incredible experience that they're even able to offer that. But to be missing out on the first time that the Golasso scarf is raised after what you're hoping will be four Golassos in the Real Salt Lake game at Bank of California Stadium on Saturday, I'm going to miss that. And I will be thinking about it. Believe me, I'm going to be enjoying the heck out of being in Peru with all these middle schoolers. But <laughs> there will be a small part of me that will be thinking about what it must be like to be able to beat Real Salt Lake for nothing like Philly is predicting and to at least have a good handful of people in that stadium holding up the Golazo scarf after it happens. Well, I'm going to document it. I'm going to go all around with my camera. I got my director of social media, the Panda, who's going to be out there filming as well. I can't wait to see that Golazo scarf on multiple occasions. And I know we are. At least four times is what I'm predicting. And it's going to feel really weird for me not having you there because anytime Tyler Miller makes a great save, I always look over at you and I yell, Tyler, and you Miller! go, Miller! Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. I, J, JR, the scarf, and I, we, we spend so much time together. We're always at the game. It's going to be really, really weird. And I'm, I'm going to say I'm not really looking forward to not having you with that game. But I will tell you this. One thing that clearly has changed as a result of your birthday, and I'm so happy that I was able to be a part of this and witness it. You are one of my best friends here in Los Angeles. I'm going to say this. LAFC Rich and LAFC Soccerhead are indeed club legends. But you, my friend, as a result of that beautiful, beautiful scarf have cemented yourself now as a club legend as well i mean i don't know about all that but oh stop being (laughs) modest enjoy it it's well deserved you know i enjoyed the heck out of yesterday and julius peppers of course you did (laughs) and one more one more thing i would like to mention in the scarf design process at no point was it ever mentioned to put my name on the scarf. That was never something that I even thought about. In fact, my mom and dad kind of joke like, oh, you should put your name on it so that everybody knows it was made by you. And I was like, no, this is the scarf for the 3252 for all the fans. Every time we score a goal, it's it's for the people out there at Bank of California Stadium. If you've seen the video on LAFC's website or on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, when they revealed to me that really subtly in the bottom corner there of some of the smoke from one of the flares, they had put my name there. It it brought a tear to my eye. I mean, it was it was really really cool for Jeff, I'm assuming, and Alex and Ben, the the three that conspired to make a lot of this happen. That was just something that you know. I looked at at somebody there, and they said, "Dude, how cool is it to have your name on the scarf?" And I said, "You know, it, it's something that they they can never take away." And that was such a cool moment. I I just honestly thinking back on it, the entire night was. I thought it might have been a little bit of a blur because it really went by so quickly. I mean, everybody came in. I had some serious anxiety when everybody rushed at those scarves. Oh, my goodness. That was like Tickle Me Elmo on Black Friday. I didn't know what to do. Like it was, it was That scared the heck out of me. I don't know what just happened there. Tickle Me Elmo. No, no, I got it. I got it. But to see all of the fans out there there to support on a school night, it was Wednesday, 
Uh, again, thank you to everybody out there that listens to our podcast or that follows us on Instagram at Defenders of the Bank on Facebook and Instagram and Defend the Bank on Twitter. Even the few people that decided to follow me at LAFC underscore the scarf for all of this that's been happening. But I do want you to know, come time to raise money to kick childhood cancer, I'm going to be calling on everybody to take as many pictures with their LAFC scarves as they can. How easy is it to take a selfie with a scarf to donate money? You don't even have to leave the comfort of your own couch. So believe me, I'm going to be pushing. LAFC should be the black and gold standard for raising money for childhood cancer research. And we are going to be the club that puts the MLS on the map as one of the best fundraisers to kick childhood cancer that has ever been around. I'm going to end it off with this as far as this is concerned. It really was a beautiful birthday. Happy 127th to you, my friend. Thank you. I'm going to start calling you Scarf the Yoda (laughs) (laughs) since you like all these Star Wars and Star Trek references. But yeah, it was a great, great birthday. You, my friend, are a club legend. I'm going to miss you because you aren't going to be here. You're going to be in Machu Picchu and roaming around Lima with a bunch of middle schoolers. Well, in a way, it's kind of funny. I guess I don't really envy you in that situation. It doesn't really sound like a vacation to me, but hey, <laughs> I'm just Philly. What do I know? But that doesn't mean that the show doesn't go on. I mentioned this in the last podcast. I'm going to be talking. There's going to be a post game after the Real Salt Lake game. We're going to record it on Sunday. It's going to be Defenders of the Bank featuring Philly. I'm still here. The Panda and Scarfette, Scarf's girlfriend. We are an all-inclusive podcast. We want to have a bunch of other people on here as guests. And we're bringing in the ladies to help give their analysis. They've been a part of this since the very beginning. In fact, they really have been the motor driving the car for the fandom of both Scarf and Philly. So they're going to be helping me host the show against Real Salt Lake. So it's going to be a good one. Tune in. The energy levels are going to be there. My wife, the Panda, is actually going to be running the LA Marathon. Sunday morning. After the Real Salt Lake game, she's going to pass up hanging out at the Sunset Club on the roof deck because she's going to have to wake up early in the morning to run 26.2 miles. Yes, a daunting 26.2 miles. But our buddy LAFC Pat is also running the LA Marathon. So if you happen to see him around Bank of California Stadium in the days after this Sunday, wish him a congratulations as well. It's his first race and he's making it a marathon. Buddy, what are you doing? But still, good luck to you. The show is going to go on. There is one last thing that I want to talk about. I've seen it on social media. The rumor mill. I want to squash the rumor right now. Brazilian international Alexander Pato has been rumored and linked to coming to the MLS, possibly playing for three different teams. NYCFC, Carson, and us. He terminated his Chinese contract earlier this week. However, he will not be playing in the MLS as he is eager to get back to his roots in Brazil so he is set to join Sao Paulo FC so all those rumors we're squashing them right now he will not be in the MLS and that is what I have to say one other thing I want to plug in Scarfy real quick real yeah. quick yeah now we got the Real Salt Lake game the following week when we are playing the San Jose Earthquakes unfortunately I'm not going to be able to be at that game but if you happen to be in the LA area if you happen to live in Orange County I want to let you know of a watch party that's going on that Philly and the Panda are going to attend. The watch party is happening down in Fullerton at the Slide Bar. It is hosted by our friend Mike, who represents Troy Girls Soccer, and it's sponsored by CDA Slammers, the Slide Bar, of course, KG Custom, 
WSS Crack FC, which is a clothing line that's supposed to be really, really cool. So game starts at 1230. Try to get there early if you can. If you're coming from the valley, such as myself, it is right across from the train station. We're going to be watching the game down in Fullerton. After the game is concluded, we're going to hang out. There's going to be a Rush cover band starting at 3.30. I do love me the rock and roll. Hang out with Philly and the Panda and the rest of our crew down in Fullerton at the Slide Bar next Saturday, March the 30th at 12.30. Yeah, and before we sign off, I just want to make sure we say thank you to one other person. Thank you to Aubrey for getting back to us. We are very excited to set up our first player interview. We're not saying who just quite yet. Because not we, until it happens. That's right. We haven't quite solidified the date, but she got back to us with a couple of different date options, and it looks like our first player interview is going to be a go as soon as I get back from Peru. So a big thank you to LAFCPR's Aubrey. We really appreciate that. And with that comes the close of episode 13. Lucky 13. That's right. Thank you guys all so much for listening to another fantastic episode of Defenders of the Bank. Of course, the next one will feature Philly, the Panda, and Scarfette, and that'll be coming up just after the Real Salt Lake game. And then after that, we'll be recording right around April 1st for the episode after that for number 15. And, of course, I'll be back from Peru when we do record. So, everybody, be safe while I am gone. You'll be in the very capable and soft hands of Christian <laughs> Philly Philemon. I got some calluses on them. They're not that <laughs> soft. I was a guitar player, you know. That's true. That's true. So a big thank you guys for listening to episode 13. And this is The Scarf on behalf of Christian Philly Philemon, of course, saying bye-bye. Bye-bye.